0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better. My name is Jean Gallagher, and we're glad to have you here today. And so this is show number 26, and where we explore the outs- uh, the importance of the outdoors in maintaining life balance. Through the series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand the journey. And we'll also, as always, be hearing from Lynn Schusser-Williams, author, coach, and on her segment, Rising Up. But first, I'm excited to introduce Jill Foos. Hi, Jill. Hi, thanks for having me today. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Jill is a National Board certified health and wellness coach, a functional medicine and integrative ne- uh, nutrition health coach, a car- carnivore coach. She's a founder of Jill Foos Wellness, a private health coaching business that virtually serves individuals worldwide. And she helps her clients discover unique health equations. So there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> and and we're really I'm really so excited to have you here because functional medicine has I I don't know if it's just me hearing it so often over the last two or three years, but it seems to be coming to the forefront from within people searching for more information from the medical community and integrating that with all the other portions that you do. I'm excited to learn more about your business. Yeah,
1: exactly. Functional medicine has such a, looks at the healthcare model through a different lens. We're looking at our root cause um, path versus a band-aid path that conventional medicine often uses.
0: Yeah, and there's there's so much to it. And and yeah. I like how you how you put that, the band-aid piece too, because I think that we all want to be more informed about our health, but not just how we are, but maybe why and and how those are those things are determined. And I also I think too, within the medical community, you're you're getting a doctor's opinion, but you're never getting a nutritional background opinion to, or those two things are not put together. So you might have your medical situation in one place and but nobody's really talking about what you do and what you eat and how that affects your, your medical situation. Right. Yeah, totally. You're you're spot on on
1: that. You know, Mm. in, in the functional medicine healthcare model, we're looking at again, the root cause and we're personalizing that patient's lifestyle and approach to nutrition, exercise, sleep, supplementation, it's its the ultimate in personalizing your lifestyle. Where in the conventional model, I can't tell you how, by the time a client comes to me, they've already seen multiple doctors or health practitioners, and they are walking out with multiple scripts mm-hmm. and zero direction on what to do in their lifestyle
0: or how to eat, what's best for them. Or discovering a root cause, exactly. And so, what does it take to be able to talk to somebody about functional medicine? How, what's your background?
1: Well, my background is I've always been into a healthy lifestyle ever since I was about sixteen years old, and just more about self-discovery. Not feeling good, not really understanding why. At that point, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there for us at that at that you know many years ago. Um, but slowly just gathering more data on how to better optimize my own personal health, which is what led me down the journey to help others. Um, so what did that take for me? You know, many years of research, a lot of years of um experimenting in different nutritional therapy, you know, ways of eating. So from vegan vegetarianism to paleo keto, now I'm actually a carnivore. Um, Mm -hmm. So just experimenting on myself and then finally getting my, my own healthcare into the hands of a very knowledgeable functional medicine doctor in my town who helped me gather data about myself, whether it's blood work, micronutrient testing, genetic testing, just always gathering nutrition. So there's a our data. There's a saying in the functional medicine healthcare model, test don't guess. Mm-hmm. So just gather all that data and make sure you are doing what you need to do to help optimize your own health and wellness journey. So,
0: how does how does that start? So, what what directs a client to a functional medicine person or and, and um, is it, they're not usually directed from their primary care physician, right? It is Definitely they're, not. <laughs> never <laughs> oh, they're maybe from an alternative medicine person, right? So maybe from a chiropractor or an acupuncturist or something um, of that sort, correct? Or what brings clients to you in there's one piece of the question. And then I really want to talk about the diet piece as well too. So, yeah. So by the time,
1: like I said, by the time someone gets to me, they've seen multiple conventional medical doctors or practitioners, and they're just frustrated. They're frustrated that after 10 and 15 years, they still haven't gotten anywhere. They still don't feel how they want to feel. And now perhaps maybe they're in midlife. Mm-hmm. And this is the time where they're, they've become empty nesters most likely, and they're thinking, all right, well, how is this going to look for me if, for the rest of my life? And I still don't feel great. So I think part of it is just, you know, first a level of frustration that they've never felt before. So now we're fortunate at our fingertips, we have our computer, we have our iPhones. So we have so much information out there on Instagram and Facebook and And YouTube videos where people are just really digging deep into whatever issue they're having, they're trying to find an answer or at least connect with someone who might have the same condition as them. And they have this, this this conversation, this connection with each other. What did you do? What did you do? So lots of talking, lots of researching that are done by that person individually. And, you know, Google is a great thing, right? You can just start Googling whatever condition you have, which that only is not always the best thing to do, by the way. Sometimes you think you're going to (laughs) die. Exactly. However, sometimes that leads to um, somewhere that can help you or open up another door for you. So most people that come to me have never even heard of functional or integrative medicine. They don't even know what it is. They're just looking for help. So Mm -hmm. they might have looked, maybe they've worked Mm -hmm. with a nutritionist or a dietitian, and that didn't go so well. So health coach is a fairly new term out there. Mm -hmm. We haven't been around for many years, although now there's a lot more of us Um, and I'm nationally board board certified. So there's a lot of health coach um, programs out there. Mm -hmm. And then after you've Taken a certain type of program, you can then go on and sit for your national, your board, um, the board test, and pass that. So, that's the highest level of skill set that a health coach can have. Um, so, there's a lot of resources out there. So, when people stumble upon a health coach, I think they're very curious you know, mm-hmm. who is this person? We're that person that can bridge the gap between a diagnosis. From a conventional medicine doctor and even a functional medicine doctor, and their lifestyle. How do we? What What is that zone in between
0: those two points look like for that person? Mm. And then help them integrate uh, a plan, but also engage in that plan and in that coaching piece will hopefully keep them on track. Absolutely, we're trained with skill sets to
1: start with small foundational steps to help them visualize what that health goal is for them. What does that look like for them? And then we help them, we collaborate collaborate with them. We're their partner. We don't tell them what to do, right? That's mm-hmm. not what a health coach is. But we, we go on the health journey with them, bringing them information, bringing them support, bringing them resources
0: so that we can help them get
1: from point A to point B.
0: Mm. And so what do you find that people are what's most common for people is there you know, I don't even know if this is a question what most what's most common for people that their problems that they're having that direct them to you or to a health coach is there a lot of commonality that comes in with that or or no?
1: Well, lots of health coaches work within niches. My niche is working with middle-aged men and women. So mm-hmm. People going through that midlife um, area, you know, for women, it's that menopausal life. For men, mm-hmm. it's it's their andropause. Um, so, what is that? What is and, andropause? It's, it's it's like the male version of menopause, right? So for me, a lot of women are coming because they've gained a lot of weight at that point. Mm-hmm. They've gained weight. They have brain fog. They aren't sleeping as well. They don't have the energy, the libido. There's a lot of things that come with that menopausal um, shift, mm-hmm. and so I help navigate that path with them. That might mean working within their healthcare insurance, Mm -hmm. right? Because functional functional medicine is often cash pay. So maybe it's helping educate them on how to have a deeper, more comprehensive conversation with their primary care physician about getting different blood work taken, um, opening their partnership up to um, different ideas about how to solve certain conditions or certain issues that they're having, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at it from a different perspective. And some doctors in the conventional model are very open to that while others might not be. If that doctor isn't open to change or doing a deeper dive into blood work, then I help them navigate towards a functional medicine doctor. That's going to be a better partner for them on their journey. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And blood work has really been, uh, almost a buzzword lately, people are, people are learning how important it is to have blood work. And I know for me personally, a few years ago, it didn't, it wasn't a whole lot of blood work that happened, but lately um, it is the norm to be able to understand where things are within your panels and how does that affect other, other issues that you might be having.
1: Exactly, and in the conventional healthcare model, that blood work is not complete. So mm-hmm. it's almost like reading a five cha- five chapters in a ten chapter book. You're just not getting the full story of your patient. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in the functional medicine healthcare model, we are looking at a deep dive and covering all the bases and collecting that full story so that we can make a better assessment. So a health coach can come in and say, you know, have a conversation with their doctor and learn what's going on and help guide this patient and client on a path that's more conducive to reaching their health goals, whether mm. it's weight loss. I work with a lot of women going through menopause who are losing their hair. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, that's a something that can be very frustrating and horrifying all at the same time. Um, and, you know, women are Again, they're gaining that weight, they're not getting the sleep. So when they don't get the sleep and they go to their doctor, the doctor often gives them a sleeping pill, right? And mm-hmm. then they're maybe a little depressed and having some anxiety. So then they get an anti-anxiety pill or antidepressant. Um, so these then there's the culmination of all of these pharmaceuticals, right? When mm-hmm. they're in functional medicine, looking through that lens, it's completely different. You know, we're not. Going, we, there's always a place for pharmaceuticals, but that's not going to be the main place that a functional medicine doctor goes.
0: So, for instance, in the the sleep sleep analogy, because mm-hmm. I think that that's what a lot of people can understand or relate to. Yeah. Um, how does that lens change on the functional side? What are you What are you looking for? What? And we're not here to give medical advice, but just hear it right. right. So, just kind of throw that disclosure out there. This is not medical advice. It is just an exploration of a conversation. But how does the the functional medicine piece change that conversation
1: well when it comes to sleep we want to look at stress right because mm-hmm. when you're really stressed out your cortisol levels are really high all day and that's not the purpose of cortisol cortisol is supposed to rise in the early morning to wake us up and then by the late afternoon or early evening it's supposed to be going down but that's not always the case because now people are stressed all the time and they're not doing the things they need to do to reduce that stress. So a health coach can come in and mm-hmm. offer resources. Maybe there's a meditation apps that this person can start using or yoga, or is that person even exercising? Does that person need to even just get out in the fresh air and take a fresh air walk and clear their head? You know, mm-hmm. what are things that we can do to start looking at the stress component that relates directly relates to the sleep. And then we also look at sleep hygiene, right? What is their room environment? Are they mm-hmm. eating too close to bedtime? Right, we want to wait three hours before we go to bed on an empty stomach. We don't want to go to bed an hour after we've just eaten a large meal. Um, mm-hmm. We want to look at how is the room set up? Is it cool? Is it dark? Is there a TV in there? Are they on their screens at night? So lots of things about the sleep hygiene that a health coach can work with on their clients.
0: Yeah, so it is. It is. There are so many components that that need to be addressed before pharmaceuticals come into the picture. And maybe sometimes they're not even needed. Right. And one of the things I do
1: for my clients is um, what's called a micronutrient test. So Mm. all of my clients take a micronutrient test, which is a blood test. And what it looks at is on a cellular level, that person's micronutrient deficiencies, meaning are they deficient in vitamins, minerals, amino acids, Um, and what does that look like? Because a lot of times, you know, what I say is you're only as healthy as your mitochondria, your mitochondria are those powerhouses in the cell that convert your food to energy to ATP, which is our energy currency, right? Mm -hmm. So if your cells are not absorbing nutrients correctly, and they're not converting the nutrients into energy, all of the systems in your body are not going to work optimally. Mm. So it's, you know, it's looking at the sleep pattern, the sleep hygiene, it's looking at micronutrient deficiencies, and that would personalize someone's supplementation. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at their nutrition, right? What type of diet are they eating? So looking at all these different factors, all Are connected and have an effect on sleep and exercise and energy and libido and
0: brain function and all of those things. And they all need to be individualized because what's right for one person is going to be different for another. 100%. And so, how does diet play into this? I know it does, but how does it play? And how do you figure out, you know, if, if, um, so for instance, I, I have been vegan before and I really needed some components of dairy. So I'm more vegetarian throwing in some fish. And then recently I'm like, well, maybe I need a little bit of a little meat thrown in there, which is something that I haven't had in years and years and years, Mm -hmm. but it felt right for me. Right. So whether it was right for my lab work, I don't know. That's the part, I guess I need to find out after talking with you, (laughs) Um, but how does, how does somebody's diet play into that? And how, how do you determine what diet is best for somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. I also do genetic testing
1: on my clients and I look at certain genes that will tell me if, they're, if they should be gluten-free, right? If gluten is a trigger for them. Um, so lots of, again, gathering a lot of data. So looking at a micronutrient test, where are their cells deficient in, um, looking at genetics, looking at their blood work, you can start building and looking and, and then understanding their symptoms and understanding their health goals, right? Everybody has different health goals, whether it's losing weight, some people wanna build lean muscle mass, some people have just solely body composition goals, other people might be dealing with an autoimmune condition and they wanna eat more of an anti-inflammatory diet, which is basically the best for everyone anyway. Um, so you look at all this data, you look at what they where they wanna go, what's their vision, and you start just working on at the bottom, right, and creating a base. For me and most of the women that um, I work with who want to lose weight and are going through that menopausal change, I can say one thing that is common among almost all of them is they don't eat enough protein. Mm-hmm. And so we look at protein and you said you were a vegan and vegetarian once, and Mm -hmm. I was too many moons ago. And on a vegan and a vegetarian diet, you're eating not the best bioavailable forms of protein. You're Mm -hmm. eating plant-based proteins. But in the animal kingdom, we're looking at very bioavailable types of protein, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I do the math on a lot of my female clients, I can see that they're eating a very low amount of protein, somewhere under like 60 or 70 grams of protein per day, which is very, very low. Mm -hmm. So we, we talk about it. You know, we talk about why is protein important, especially as we're going through menopause, especially as we're aging, because as we age, we lose lean muscle mass every year and it gets harder and harder to build. And, you know, women, for some reason, when they get to me, they don't, think about the protein. They think Mm -hmm. about these big giant salads or these big smoothies or these big juices, which aren't really helping them get to their goal. So that's one of the main things I see across the board. So we just start working on a foundation. Maybe the goal for one week is increasing the protein to an optimal amount, Mm -hmm. right? And what does that look
0: like? That totally makes sense. And I I was in that same thought process Mm -hmm. until, My daughter straightened me out (laughs) because my daughter's a nutrition coach. Thank goodness. Right. And so she, she worked with some of my nutritional numbers and a couple of, I think I started maybe a couple, almost two years ago and the change I was, my protein was really, really low. My carbs were really, really high. My fat wasn't enough. And what that was creating was, you know, not overweight, but when I started to eat more correctly for what I needed, my weight realigned Mm -hmm. and I built muscle. So probably felt better too, just more energy. And I feel exactly feel better. Right. And so that, that protein piece, you know, we don't really understand what we eat until you start to learn about what goes into it or what components we really need to, to function, and so the the micronutrient test that's that's interesting. I had never um, I'm not aware of that. <clears throat> so that really leads to leads you to be able to give some some direct feedback based upon individual um, facts.
1: Absolutely. And just because you might be eating a very nutrient dense diet does not mean again, that it's translating into breaking down in your microbiome and getting to your cells the way the the place where it Mm -hmm. needs to get to, to convert to energy. Right? So if someone has GI issues like SIBO, IBS, IBD, um, any type of inflammatory issues going in, going on in their gut, or maybe they have too many toxins coming in through their Mm -hmm. skin with their skincare, Mm -hmm. or toxins from the environment, everybody is different, everybody's equation looks different. But those are all ways to inhibit your nutrients breaking down in the gut and getting to your cells to do what they all need to do. So I like to look at all the information, um, gut, we always start with the gut, right? Mm -hmm. If your gut isn't, if your gut is compromised, everything else is going to be compromised. Mm
2: -hmm. And if you think about it,
1: if you think about women going through menopause and that a lot of them that triggers hair loss, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Eating the more, more protein, protein, we need to produce keratin and collagen, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need that protein. And so it all, it's all connected. connected. So I like, I like to talk about that with my clients. And then they have these light bulb moments like, ah, I get it. Right. I
0: get it. And I think not going down this rabbit hole, because that could take two hours, but, but (laughs) the, the skincare piece and all the chemicals that are either in skincare, laundry detergent, um, fabric fricking softeners that, oof. On um, yep. all of these fragrance enhancers, whether people have them in their car or their house, the plug-in things that are that are creating a lot of chemicals in the air, all of that leads to issues as well. Absolutely,
1: it leads to gut inflammation. It leads to brain inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, it leads to our cells not working optimally, like we've been talking about. Uh, it leads to all kinds of um, negative consequences. In a on a biochemical manner, so fascinating. Yep, it really. Is. And so you, so if you think about it, like you, when you go to work or you go visit your kid at school, you can't control what is used mm-hmm. in those buildings or in the hotel room. But when you're at home, you can absolutely control that environment, and that's the best you can do. It's like when you eat at home, you can control the quality of your food, but when you go to a restaurant, you can't. And so do the best you can at home, mm-hmm. so that when you go
0: out, it, you have a really good foundation.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, and in so many companies that are creating products, they're not necessarily creating co- products that are better for us. They're creating products that are going to make money, that are going to sell. Absolutely. And, and so I would think are, are you part of the coaching process is to help direct people to products and yes. solutions that are um that are better for them to hit their goals too. Absolutely. Because again, I work with so
1: many women with hair loss. And so we always talk about what are you putting on your skin? These are all endocrine disruptors, right? They're disrupting Mm. the way your hormones talk to each other. So we're always talking about skincare, laundry, detergents, um, house care, household items. um, And that affects hair loss. Absolutely, because if if your hormones are are not balanced, that's going to affect your hair as well, right? Yeah. And so if we go back to the micronutrient test, Mm -hmm. if your cells are not working optimally and making that ATP, that energy currency, well, it takes a lot of energy to grow hair. So if you only have a limited amount of energy in your cells, your body is really smart. It wants to keep you alive, but it's going to say, all right, well, we only have X amount of energy and we have all these jobs to do. What don't we need? Well, you don't need hair.
0: You don't need hair to survive. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be shut off. Interesting. Wow, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so, how do people? So, what's the bi- the best way for people find you? Right? They'll find people yeah. like you to um, help initiate some of these proper tests. Is am I wording that yes. correctly? What I, what I would suggest to people is if you
1: have a health condition or mm-hmm. if you have an autoimmune disorder or if you have Lyme disease, there's health coaches out there for every niche out there and you should um, Google what your condition is and health coach, right? So you'll get closer to that person who specializes in what you need. For me, I specialize in um, in women and men going through Middle, light, middle age, and especially with hair loss um, and weight loss. So mm-hmm. when people find me, that's what they're looking for. But that's also what I put out on social media, on my Instagram, my YouTube, my Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. all my podcasts, everything centers around those topics. So that's mm-hmm. usually how people find me as well.
0: And so kind of the cart before the horse or the, now it's time to, to ask the other question. Um, what, what really drove you Were things that happened for you personally trying to find your medical journey was what drove you to where you are today? How did you get to how did you how did you find yourself here? Absolutely.
1: So I had a partial thyroidectomy about 25 years ago. So that means I had half of my thyroid removed Mm -hmm. and that really messed me up. The thyroid gland is so important. And when that is off, whether you have Hashimoto's or Graves, which are the autoimmune um, disorder versions Mm -hmm. of thyroid um, disease, or you have hypo or hyper, hypo being one of the most common, um, that really sets off a a negative cascade effect throughout many biochemical reactions in your body. Um, So that was the beginning when my hair started falling, shedding profusely. Mm -hmm. Also, I had five children and that's also a trigger for hair loss as well. Your hormonal fluctuations. Not just having Um,
0: five children. Right, right. I thought it was just the five kids. (laughs) That's it, right? The stress, right. Right. Oh, you mean the hormonal part. (laughs)
1: Chronic stress, right. Um, So I, and then I hit perimenopause, which I'm still in. And so it was all of these, those past two and a half decades, that has led me on a path of having to heal a lot of things, Mm. a lot of those negative consequences to what I experienced for myself. So my thyroid, I'm always gonna have to manage for the rest of my life and it's always changing, right? Women anyway, every day we wake up, it's a different party that you're entering, right? Some you don't really wanna go to and some you do. And so it's always, that ride is always different. It's like a roller coaster ride. Um, So every day I am managing of my health conditions which would include insulin resistance which is even though i'm a fit lean person i Mm -hmm. still battle with insulin resistance because that is directly tied to hypothyroidism Mm. right so certain things are connected and tied together i'm always going to have to be on a very diligent hair growth journey every day of my life i do the same things for my hair i follow a certain diet for my hair Um, I exercise according to my hair. I don't want to overstress myself. A lot of people exercise too much. And that's another form of, of stress. Um, So it's, it's finding that unique equation, which I found for myself, but it took a long time. And now I get to help others sort of have a a massive shortcut to it.
2: Yeah.
0: Shorten their time, their discovery time.
1: Yes, exactly. But that's what led, that's what led me to go to um, all the different functional medicine school programs and health mm-hmm. coaching programs, and then finally get my national board certification.
0: That's 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 fantastic. So that's helpful to have. You know what worked for you, and you know how yes. difficult it was for you. So that really does help communicating with people and understanding how to ask the right questions and understanding what you're hearing and interpreting interpreting what they're telling you as well. Right, because we're talking about a lifestyle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're talking about finding your unique equation for your lifestyle. Mm. And what does that look like? And it might change. And it often does change as, as you age
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what is your, what does your supplements look like? And if people, um, everyone needs to supplement, right? Cause we just aren't getting the nutrients we need in the
0: therapeutic doses you
1: might need mm-hmm. in our food anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And even, even if we're shopping at the farmer's market, right. The, the soil doesn't contain what it used to. Exactly. Plus you'd have to eat so much
1: in quantity Mm -hmm. of a certain food group to to get that therapeutic dose of that one nutrient that you need. And many people that come to me are taking supplements very wrong. They are taking the supplements that they might not need at all Mm -hmm. and not taking the supplements they do need in a therapeutic dose to clear that
0: deficiency. Mm. So their supplements could actually be Um, harming them, harming them. Yeah. Or enabling the deficiency or what's giving the deficiency a little bit more power to do its thing. Absolutely. And And working against them.
1: There are a lot of Facebook forums out there, um, that you can get into and someone might say, oh, well, this worked for me and this worked for me. And this person, you know, sitting somewhere in a rural area who doesn't have access to maybe a functional medicine doctor, or even a, um, uh, a conventional medical doctor might say, oh, well, that sounds like something I should take. And they just take it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to make that path very easy and accessible to my clients.
0: And individualized. Yes. That word keeps coming up, but it's really important because what's right for one person isn't right for, for another person. Exactly. And what might set somebody's gut biome off incorrectly might actually work to the positive for somebody else. Exactly. Like for me... The carnivore diet has been very
1: beneficial to me. And that is, I only eat within the animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that for three years. But for you, that might not work for you, Mm -hmm. right? So not everybody does well on a lot of fibrous plant-based types of food. Mm -hmm. And then not everybody does well on just
0: an animal-based diet. And I think too, that people need to, be able to understand, they might feel okay in their diet. So maybe I feel okay in my diet, but I don't know how it is not working for me. Or I also don't know how it is working for me. And that's where testing comes in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and I think too, when people are searching for coaches, because pandemic has brought an influx of coaches to, to the world, which is which is great that people that have skills and have interests and have experience are in a situation where they're able to help other people better themselves in whatever arena it is. But I think that we all have to be conscious about looking at the background of the coaches that we're talking to and like the board certification piece that you have in understanding, not just that they're a coach, and what their background is, but what also, what have they done education or certification-wise to bring to the table? Is that correct? Absolutely, you really wanna make sure when you're working with a health coach, there's
1: some fabulous health coaches out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to the national board, I believe um, the national board website has a, um, filter where you can find a health coach in your area or possibly in the niche that you're looking at. And that's, um, I can actually give that to you if you want to put it in your, your show notes, the link.
0: Yeah, that would be great. We can definitely add that. I Mm -hmm. think that that's important for people that are looking for information and so, Oh yeah. I almost lost my thought. Um, when, when, so in your area is what made me think of this. So now, but you work with clients in your, you're in the Chicago area, but you also work with clients virtually as well. Yes. I work with, um, men and women all
1: over the world actually.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so location, location, location doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't matter at all. I'm just on
2: zoom. Mm -hmm.
0: So it is as effective to be virtual working with clients.
1: I think it's actually more effective in really? my in my line of work because they're mm-hmm. devoting that one hour session to just me and them, right? We're having the conversation. We're very focused on the goals. We're very focused on um, what resources this person might need. Um, so I think it's very very effective. I used to be in person pre COVID, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> everybody it, did <laughs> right. But you but. I would go to people's offices or people's homes mm-hmm. um, and they were so distracted mm. by other things going on. So I feel like they're devoting this one hour on Zoom and it's it's highly effective. I That's don't have anybody, nobody ever complains about it.
0: That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. And so now your journey, your personal medical journey has driven you here and you're really used that as the foundation, but now that you're helping people, part of how you take care of yourself, isn't just medically or, um, medically isn't maybe functionally, but how do you also take care of yourself, outside of the functional world to make sure that you show up as you need to for yourself, your kids and your clients.
1: Oh, I do a lot. I have a lot of practices in my life to help me stay focused on what I want to do and also give myself that time to practice self-care. Mm-hmm. And some of that looks like exercise. I always prioritize my sleep always. I you know if <laughs> this is really funny, um, if we go out to dinner with our kids, um, and they're grown kids and they want to go at like seven or eight o'clock at night. That just doesn't work for me. I'm in bed by 8 30. Right? So I'm on the 5 30, six o'clock dinner call. Yeah. <laughs> so just prioritizing what works for me and sticking to it and making a commitment to myself, whether it's um, sitting in front of my red light therapy box for 20 minutes. And that's my form of meditation every day, mm-hmm. or taking a fresh air walk in the morning to get the early morning sunlight with my dogs to help pre- set my circadian rhythm so I can get to sleep that night. Mm -hmm. So always prioritizing eating enough protein throughout the day. So there's a lot of things that I put into play to make sure that I can show up for my clients, show up for myself, show up for my loved ones around me and and be focused. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's important because a lot of people that are in any sort of um, giving career, it's easy to not take care of yourself.
1: That is very you're, true because
0: you're empowered to take care of others. Right. You
1: have to think about that airplane um, analogy, right? Where put your put them your, on yourself, put your on mask on
0: first. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 that's
1: one of, and that's one of the things I work with um, a lot with my women clients, especially the women, the moms, right? Because mm-hmm. we're so used to taking care of all of our kids, mm-hmm. but they have to prioritize their own self-care so that they can be available for the people around them. Mm-hmm. And that is a mind shift, and that takes a bit of practice and so how does the outdoors fit into all of this for you so i was I touched on taking those fresh air walks mm-hmm. in the morning, so when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things i one of the first weekly goals um, I help my clients look at is getting outside for fifteen to twenty minutes every morning early. Mm-hmm. And getting that sunlight, even if it's a hazy day, you're still going to capture some of that that full spectrum light. And that, when you and not wearing your sunglasses, and getting out there and having the sunlight hit your eyes, and your eyes are sending trillions of messages um, to your cells. There's a lot of biochemical reactions, so that is really mm-hmm. important. But one of the b- most important of that is it's suppressing your melatonin production. Mm-hmm. And it helps raise your cortisol and we want that cortisol to be up in the morning. So we have energy and we can go do all the things we need to do and suppressing that melatonin is also at the same time going to help increase your serotonin and that serotonin is that feel good neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. So in the evening, that serotonin is going to convert to melatonin. And that melatonin is going to go up and the cortisol is going to come down and you're going to sleep better. So every day, this is an everyday practice for everyone. How easy is it, right? Just go out for a walk with your coffee or while your coffee is brewing. Um, I have a lot of thyroid women with thyroid conditions. And so when you take your thyroid beds, you have to wait 30 to 60 minutes before you can even have coffee. So it's like the perfect time, right? You can't have food and you can't have your coffee. Go and take your fresh air walk and just start your day off like that. Uh, So that's one of the things I do. Um, Another thing I do is fresh air walks throughout the day, especially after a big meal like dinner. Mm -hmm. And that helps my digestion. It helps my blood pressure. It helps my heart rate. um, It helps me bond with my family or friends or just have a meditative walk for myself. So there's a lot of good in that as well. Mm -hmm. And then I also like to do exercise, walking or hiking. And this is something um, I, I love weightlifting. It's the optimal exercise for all of us, especially aging women to build mm-hmm. that lean muscle mass. But a lot of women who have not yet wrapped their head around getting back to the gym to do weight resistant training, like to walk. And so I try to help incorporate with that walk and exercise walk, body resistant training, right? Mm-hmm. So walk 10 minutes, Maybe do 10 squats, walk another 10 minutes, do 20 squats, maybe bring your bands with you in the fanny pack. So just trying to use the fresh air and the outdoors for multiple reasons.
0: Yeah, it makes a difference. And I think people might realize it if they think about their habit on a weekend and being outdoors in the morning versus a weekday where they don't get it and how different they feel. Yes. Right, so every week we set up different goals, and I
1: can tell you that that fresh air, sunlight, early morning sunshine walk is one of the top goals.
0: Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Jill, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time and, um, and, and I'd love to, you know, in the future, maybe get back together and take a deeper dive into some of the subjects. If there's anything that people would like to hear about or get more information on, Um, this has been incredibly informative. And, and so tell people how they can get in touch with you. So my website is Jill Foose
1: Wellness, so they can um, go to that. And then there's a submission form. If they ever wanted a free 30 minute consultation call, I always Mm -hmm. offer those um, on Instagram. It's Jill Foose Wellness, as well as on Facebook, Jill Foose Wellness. I'm constantly posting meal ideas, what supplements, um, how supplements might be directly impacting hair loss or hair growth. Um, I'm always putting out there to prioritize protein and what that might look like for them, how to figure out what those macros might, might look like for them as well. So lots of great information. I also have my own podcast as well mm-hmm. called the health trip podcast with Jill Foos. And I feature functional medicine doctors in different uh, niches. Mm-hmm. So there might be someone on stress reduction, um, men's health, women's hormones, all uh, hair loss, red light therapy, you name it, it's on there. So those are all the ways that people can find me.
0: That's great. I'll make sure that I pass that on to my daughter and and the group that she works with as well. That'll be super helpful. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again. And um, I look forward to um, us chatting one another time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And as we transition, hi Lynn. Yep.
2: Hi, Jean. What a great segment. It was great to hear Jill and all the information.
0: It really was. It's, there's yeah. so much. So much. I want to go back and listen to it again, too, because I know that there's a lot of information there that, um, that I want to make sure that I gathered. So what, do you, what kind of wonderful words of wisdom do you have today in today's Rising Up segment?
2: Well, I have to tell you, I've been thinking a lot about rain, lately <laughs> and that sounds like such an odd thing to say but no because you could push it to california it would really be okay <laughs> right there's so many people who i'm sure are like thinking oh you're thinking about rain because it's so dry or you need it and and not far from me that's true but right here we've had a lot of rain where i live lately and i've just been kind of appreciating the rain and enjoying the rain and it does so many things for us right it waters our gardens. And for us at our house, we have vegetables and we have this experimental patch of native wildfires and grasses that I've been kind of <laughs> really hoping make it through this year. And so it's watering all of that for us. And, um, and, and it cools everything down, right? It cools everything down. We've had heat indexes over a hundred here and And then we have a thunderstorm and it's just nice and refreshed and it feels so good. It smells so good. And that's the other thing that really has struck me lately is how the rain cleans things out, right? It clears the air. I live in the Ohio River Valley and in a river valley, all the particulates kind of stay. It's like a little bubble over the river, right? And so all the pollen and all the pollutants and all the particulates kind of hang around a lot so the rain literally washes clean the air and knocks all those particulates out of the air and so it smells even better and you're even more willing to go outside and all of that and so it as I was thinking about this this week I realized that our mindsets need that same kind of refresh and um, we you know all of us are dealing with the mental fallout of stress that jill was talking about chronic stress and and grief there's this there's this underlying level of stress and grief in our society today that's uh, at a foundational uh, up level than normal right than several years ago and it's been going on for so long so we all need to remember that we can have a mental refresh mm. we can have that same kind of you know the same effect that the rain has on the air, we can do that for ourselves in our mindsets and in our mental capacities. And so maybe it's meditation. Jill mentioned her meditation too. And, you know, maybe that's your thing, but maybe maybe that's like a stretch for you. (laughs) Um, What about just sitting still and visualizing That gentle rain, right? Just visualizing it, clearing out all the cobwebs, clearing out the stress, clearing out the residuals of grief, that sort of thing. Maybe it's literally going outside if the heat index is not 110 where you are. (laughs) Maybe it's going outside for that walk. Maybe it's, um, and maybe it's doing it early in the morning, right? And doing it before it gets so hot. Um, And maybe it's some other kind of, activity in nature. Um, And, you know, we might just use those nine little words of mine on this. So up until now, we've talked about before, up until now, what? I've been stressed. I've been, you know, feeling the brain fog. I've been just feeling some overwhelm. I hear it all the time from people. But I am willing. What is it we're willing to do Are we willing to see the possibility of just a mental refresh and how that can make us feel like we've just walked outside after a rain like everything's just new and fresh. And are we willing to do that no matter what so um, I hope everybody is uh, enjoying the summer weather wherever you are. um, And I hope that we can all just take a moment and have a little mental refresh and give ourselves that gift and uh feel as good as it feels outside in my yard after the rain.
0: Thanks Lynn. Wonderful. Yes, that's a that's a great reminder to to let's to be give ourselves grace and let some things go and freshen our days. So, thank you, thank you very much and thanks to Jill and Thank you to everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time as well. Discover Rising Ties and discoverrisingties.com. So appreciate your time and uh, see you next time.